0: Now back to the happy hour with Nick Sainert and Enrique alvarez Clary on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.
1: Back here on the happy hour, 93.7 The Ticket, theticketfm.com, Nick Sanert. And Rico with you today, 402-464-5685, Honda Lincoln Hotline, Sutter-Hayman Text line. both those open for you the remainder of the show. Stick around one-on-one with DP, we'll begin at 3 o'clock here. Um, Nebraska basketball has an interesting game tomorrow night in the Big Ten ACC Challenge on the road at NC State. Uh, Derek Walker's been impressive as uh, of late, I should say. Keon Edwards still starting. Casey Tomanaga dropped twenty three last night, and I think he might or, be catching not last fire. night, but last game in an eighty three to seventy win over South Dakota at home. Uh, let's let's go ahead and bring in Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity here as we talk to him every Tuesday. Jacob, how's it going, man?
0: Hey, going all right. Kind of excited to to see this step up in competition for Nebraska, and especially first row game
1: yeah, absolutely. I want to start with Casey Tominaga. I mean he dropped 23 eight of 11 shooting last time out against South Dakota. now obviously I mean South Dakota they, they're not they're nothing to just scoff at in terms of competition. they had some decent wins um, earlier this season. I believe they played already somebody that Nebraska beat earlier this season as well but do you do you feel I mean how much does a, a Tominaga type of night that where he's finding his shot how much does that benefit Nebraska?
0: Well, that, that's huge because that's kind of – that's been the big problem recently is on the perimeter shooting, uh, and, and the guys they brought in to do that specifically have been struggling in that area. And Nebraska's – their offensive process has improved significantly since the Creighton game where they're sharing the ball more, they're running more actions as opposed to a lot of isos and just uh, a single pick and roll. Um, they're They're getting more guys involved. They're playing through the big guy. So they're playing a lot better and a lot more like Fred Horberg wants them to. The shots just haven't been falling. Mm -hmm. So it doesn't quite look – the final result isn't quite what you would want just based on the looks they were getting and the way they were sharing the ball. And that game they finally – a lot of it was KC, but still 39% from Bree They hit nine of them. Uh, Bryce McGowan's hit a couple. They they got one from C.J. Wiltshire, one from Kobe Webster. So that's what you need is – you need one of those bent shooters, whether it's Wiltshire, whether it's Tomonaga, whether it's Webster, at least one of those guys has to, to come in firing and knock down a few threes on any given night for them to be able to compete against good teams. So we'll see if uh, if he can carry that forward. He, men- he mentioned that he was a little nervous early in the season and maybe putting a little bit too much behind his shots early on. Mm-hmm. Fred Horryberg said he kind of spent some time with him on, on the practice court, uh, just kind of refining things. and. Uh, trying to to get him back in a groove, and uh, it, it definitely showed up uh, against South Dakota.
2: Bryce McGowan's a five star freshman came in. Everybody knew he was athletic and he could score the ball pretty easily, and he's done so, uh, being the second uh, leading freshman in the country in in scoring average. Uh, but for this team, he is currently leading the team in rebounds per game. Is that is that more of a con- concerted effort uh, by him, or is that just something that's happening with the team?
0: Yeah, I, I think uh, it's... Well, you look at kind of the way this team was built last year. Uh, Delano Banton led them in rebounding as well. So it was kind of that long rangy mm-hmm. wing. Derek Walker's a guy that's going to... He's going to box out, and he's going to go challenge shots. He's not necessarily the guy that's going to be rebounding at every missed shot himself. So you need those wings to be able to crash. Kind of same deal with Latman, where um, more of a box out than a chase outside his area rebound type of guy. So the opportunities are there for the wings to to go crash the glass and pull them down. And that's really what the team needs more so than just an opportunity. And Bryce, I think in the exhibition, you didn't really see that from him. He wasn't too, uh, too, too concerned with getting on the glass and had maybe one rebound or something like that between the two games. Um, so that's, that's an area where he's got the tools to do it. He's so long and uh, he can really high point the ball, go up and attack it with that length and athleticism, and he's uh, especially uh, with with Trey McGowan's going down, Bryce has kind of stepped up even more and taken on a bigger role, both rebounding wise and as a playmaker. In addition to what he's doing offensively, so we've really seen. I think each game, uh, it seems like he's getting a little bit more com- confident and comfortable with his overall game, and it, it's really showing up in the way he's able to kind of stuff the stat sheet.
1: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. Staying on Bryce for a moment, I mean, he's averaging around 17 a game. He's he's playing in a little over 30 minutes per game. Are you surprised that Nebraska's having to lean on him as much as they are through the early course of the season? Obviously, part of that is, is because of Trey McGowan's going down, but are you just surprised that he's having to take on such a big role early on in the season?
0: Not at all. That's that's what he was brought here to do, and that's part of the recruiting pitch hey, we're going to put you in a position – to be the feature guy, to, to show your overall skill set. Uh, it was a combination of uh, playing with his brother and that picture, that, that idea of, all right, this is what we're going to do. That That's what brought him to Lincoln. So I, I think uh, we're seeing kind of every, everything that Fred Hoiberg told him on the, uh, the recruiting trail uh, is kind of showing up on the court. We're seeing him handle that pretty well, where early on, it, it seemed like he was kind of pressing it a little bit. He was trying to figure out all right, how am I going to get my shots at this level? There were some, some tough shots, some forced things. Uh, I, I think that the kind of the attempts of forced, tough shots have dropped each game, and he's found better ways to, to create higher percentage look for, looks for himself. So I, I think that with Bryce McGowan's right now, pretty much everything I'd say is going according to plan outside of the three-point shooting, and I, I think that'll come around. Uh, it's just, uh, he, again, there's a bit of transition from high school to the next level He shot. Like he was a 40% shooter his first three years in high school. The last year he was kind of mid 30s at Legacy Early College, where he was kind of the the, didn't have as many talented players around him as maybe some of their opponents. So I think he had to create a lot more of those three point looks. Uh, But he's clearly capable of hitting shots and from well beyond uh, the high school range at that point. So I don't think the college line it's too much of an adjustment for him. So I think the three-point shot will come, especially that's an area where Hoiberg kind of prides himself on um, kind of helping guys improve. But beyond that, I think everything you're seeing from Bryce is kind of what you could have hoped for.
1: I'm curious to get your thoughts on this. Because of of Trey McGowan's injury, I mean, Keon Edwards has kind of stepped in and and taken that spot on the starting lineup. However, he hasn't played – in terms of starter minutes, he hasn't filled that to the brim. Now I'm sure there's value in in bringing guys like a C.J. Wilcher, Kobe Webster, Casey off the bench. Do you think Fred Hoiberg has kind of found a lineup that he wants to go with for for a you know a, a certain amount of time with Keon Edwards, despite him not necessarily playing st- uh, starter minutes and not necessarily filling up the stat sheet a ton?
0: Yeah, at this point, I think that was kind of more uh, the idea was all right. We want to keep. CJ in that kind of six man role. Mm-hmm. We want to keep bringing him off the bench. And Keon was the guy that was kind of on the, the tail end of the rotation. And so we'll, we'll plug him into the starting lineup that'll keep the bench kind of as is. And with that starting line, you've got Bryce, you've got Verge, um, playing through uh, Derek Walker a little bit more. So you got guys that, uh, that can create offensively that you can play through. So you can afford to have a guy out there that uh, is just kind of. Giving you some hustle minutes, and occasionally knock down a spot up jumper, and then space the floor. So um, I think that's kind of what we're seeing. Is Fred just kind of wanted to keep the that kind of guard trio coming off the bench with Webster, um, Tominaga, and Wiltshire, and plugging Keon into that starting lineup was kind of the easiest way to do that.
2: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of of Hale Varsity, and Jacob. With this being the first game that Nebraska has played on the road this season, and and them just finding, or at least Casey Tominaga just finding his shot at home, is there what is the level of concern that uh, playing in an away gym and and different rims and and a different background behind the backboard? How how concerned is the team that that's going to throw them off again?
0: Yeah, and not only that, this for not only the freshmen, but the kind of the second year freshmen uh, and the guys that are in the program. Uh, or Juco, like there's so many of these guys that haven't played in front of a packed road division one environment before, uh, because of last year, there weren't fans in most of the places they went to. So again, guys, uh, um, like, like CJ Wilcher playing a little bit for Xavier last year. Um, uh, you got guys like Casey coming from Juco. Uh, it's a little different Eduardo kind of same deal. I uh, played a little bit last year, but it wasn't the same. So uh, Wiltshire talked a little bit about that and how he kind of thinks the the trick is just being able to kind of generate your own energy from the guys on the bench, the guys on the court, kind of playing with energy and playing with passion and firing each other up because you don't have those, those home fans kind of cheering you after every big play and all that. So that seems like it's going to be something that they're going to try to focus on going in. It's just kind of those bench guys pumping up the starters, starters pumping each other up. And trying to kind of not necessarily pay too much attention to the, the visiting crowd and whatever heckling, booing, kind of uh, all that kind of noise. I'm just going to try to focus on each other and uh, making sure that everybody's ready to go and play their role. But until we see it, we just have no idea what that's going to look like. I mean, they have they have not shot particularly well overall from the front the confines of PBA. So we'll have to see how that translates to the road, and that's why this big stretch coming up here is going to be so important to learn, both for them to learn about each other and kind of adjust and for us to understand, all right, what is this team for real?
1: We're speaking to Jacob Padilla of Hill Varsity. A couple more for you, Uh, Jacob, here on a Tuesday. How important and how crucial has it been for Nebraska to be able to Learn how to play the game in in PBA and, and as a team through winning games rather than losing games. How much does that help when you're winning when you're still learning than it is when you're losing?
0: Yeah, that that is a big deal, and it's something that Hoiberg hasn't really had the first couple of years yeah. in Lincoln. Obviously, this four game win streak is the longest since uh, he took the job. So, um, th- and that's part of something that they were battling last year and battling the year before as well. Is where um, you're kind of trying to fight off the the negative um kind of the negative thoughts and the frustration of losing while also trying to teach. So you're kind of battling on two fronts. Now it's a lot easier in a win to to focus on all right, hey, yeah, um we did enough to win here, but this is an area we can improve. And so it's more just kind of building up as opposed to um trying to hold a team up and trying to battle against all those, those like, oh, here we go again, type of thoughts. So, um, this, I, I think, I'm assuming, Hoiberg and his staff kind of built this team or built this non-conference schedule uh, the way it is uh, with the purpose to try to kind of have this this seven-game stretch at home to, to settle in, to have guys adjust to each other, to to get ready to play, and then now we've got this this tough stretch. Um, coming up here with four four straight, uh, two, two road, one neutral, all against high major teams.
1: Yeah, I, I want to touch on that before we let you go. Last one for you here. We're, we're around a week away from conference plays. We start at Indiana um, in Assembly Hall. What has been your take on the Big Ten Conference? Michigan has hit a little bit of a rough spot, lost to Arizona, I know for sure. Um, but, I mean, there's still some powerful teams like Purdue in there. What has been your take on the Big Ten Conference as a whole prior to conference play beginning here?
0: Yeah, um, I think it's obviously been a, a little disappointing a, as a whole. Um, I think expectations were pretty high for the league, and yeah. they haven't quite done as well in the non-conference as you would have thought maybe they could have. So that that could have kind of long-term uh, implications later on down the road. But I think as far as it comes to Nebraska, these teams are still going to be tough. The, the talent is there. Um, they're going to have to go out and really earn wins in the conference. Again, like Michigan, they haven't started off great, but they still got Hunter Dickinson, That's that's going to be tough to deal with. Um, they've still got some, some talented players as well. You've got, obviously, a couple of five-star freshmen there that are kind of figuring some things out and trying to settle in and find their roles. So, um, and then Indiana, you've got Trace Jackson Davis, who just dropped 43. So there's still a lot of talented players in this league, and I think we'll see the kind of the, the sporting cast Settle in around those guys as we get farther on into the season, uh, particularly once we get into the Big Ten, the, the full season.
1: Awesome. Good stuff, Jacob. As always, we appreciate the time. Enjoy uh, tomorrow night's game against NC State, and uh, we will talk to you next Tuesday.
0: Yep, and a lot to talk about, I think.
1: Absolutely. That is Jacob Padilla of Hale Varsity. Thanks for um, joining us every Tuesday to him. All right, let's take a break. When we come back, we'll, there's a lot of uh, guys getting paid quite a bit of money in the ma- in the majors right now. Just everywhere. Um, Javier Baez is going to Detroit. There's a chance Carlos Correo could come to Chicago. We'll, we'll touch on all that, and we'll uh, continue the Husker football discussion on the other side. 402-464-5685. Send in your thoughts for the last 15 minutes of the show or so on the happy hour on 93.7 The Ticket. Download our app by searching 93.7 The Ticket in your app store to stay in touch and listen all day long
0: wherever you are. More of the happy hour is next on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.